With the portal opening on Saturday, are there any current Auburn Tigers that we should be concerned about leaving via the portal? Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining us today, Daryl Daprich, our good friend and uh, Montgomery radio vet. So, Daryl, we're all excited, right? We're all excited about the portal opening up. On Saturday, the 15th, because I think it kind of represents an opportunity for you to beef up and, you know, bolster your roster and this new era of college football. I mean, this, these are guys that could potentially be instant impact type players. Um, and it's kind of unique. College football is now really the only sport where you've got two like free agency windows because that's kind of what this is. So the other side of it, though, is like while it's the closest thing college sports are gonna is gonna have with free agency, there's no contracts to protect people from leaving you, right? From leaving your team, and so we've talked about you know the quarterback is a quarterback coming in, is help at the wide receiver coming in, is depth on the trenches coming in. But Daryl, I'm gonna start the show off by asking you. Is there a position group where you're like, eh, I think Auburn's good there, and it could cause guys to potentially leave? I do, and I think the the analogy the analogy of the free agency thing that you talked about to me is is similar to an NFL team that has to retain their own free agents, and then when they can't sign their own dudes and they go, then they bring people in. I think that's what we're discussing with perhaps because of depth and position groups being good, your own dudes leaving first, which right. enables you to kind of get the landscape and the lay of the land of what I have to go get to, to refill that. Auburn's sure. in a unique situation with that, Zach, on two fronts. Right now, we've identified in the past position groups that are in need right now. Mm -hmm. They need to go out and get dudes. What we'll discuss now and what I'm going to do a deep dive in is what could be possibly in the future – because after spring, some things have kind of fell in place. And so guys look around and go, oh, I may not start. And that hurts your depth. Mm -hmm. I think the first position group that could be affected by that is the defensive line. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of dudes that, that were coming back and some guys. I mean, think about it. There were guys coming back, the Marcus Harris, the Embas, the Jason Jones. Those dudes were coming back. And then you went out and got three in Johnson, Kite, and, and – uh, Rogers. Rogers. So yeah. there, there was numbers there already that I think created a problem. But what you try to do is get Walker. strength in numbers. And Zacchaeus Walker comes back too. Yeah, I mean, Walker's that another one. Amen. You're right. So mm -hmm. I think that that creates a, a, a problem in itself. And then the spring game happens and maybe reps and playing time. Look, kids aren't stupid. They right. see the writing on the wall and they know, okay, how am I going to fit into – this particular rotation or not fit in. And if you get to the three deep uh, area on your depth chart, I think that's where kids start to jump. If I'm a player at Auburn, and if there's any yeah. college players that, you know, have this mindset and I'm leaving because I'm back up on a defensive line scenario, not a quarterback or anything like right. the defensive line scenario with attrition and the way you rotate bodies in, in the sec, 
that's not a smart move. I, I just think if you're if you're on the two deep, stay the course. You're going to get a lot of reps. You're going to play a lot of snaps because yeah. of on, a, on an offensive or defensive line or linebacker position. Yeah, and well, and all the guys that you mentioned, I think makes sense for them to stay. Mm -hmm. And even guys that may be on the three deep, but have been tabbed like by this coaching staff as the future, like Wilkie Denod or Steven Johnson, you know, these true freshmen that this coaching staff, you know, was a part in bringing in. But like, if you're Tibetchi Akoli or like NC Sledge, mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, I don't know what to tell you if you're those guys, because, you know, there's always going to be guys behind you that this coaching staff may like more because it's guys that they brought in. And so, you know, how secure do they feel if they, if that's their mindset, right? Cause like they're not going to be a top nine or 10 defensive line player this year and i don't know if they're ever going to see that like true path to playing time in the future another guy that i think is interesting on the defensive line just situationally is jeffrey emba it's a dude where like it seemed like he was a starter at parts of spring and then they shifted up and changed some things a little bit and i think kind of moving jason jones and justin rogers around a little bit more and scooting Marcus Harris out to that true defensive end a lot of the time, where he can play five, that five technique and that four eye. I think that hurt Jeffrey Impa's footing as far as more and more available reps for him this fall. We'll see how he responds to that because we've seen this before with Emba. Like he kind of told parts of the staff supposedly that he was entering the portal like last go round. So that that's the name I'm looking at too. Yeah, two good points to follow up. Number one, you're right. Um, being a third on the depth chart as a junior or a senior has a whole different vibe as being one as a freshman. If you're if you're number if you're third on the depth chart as a freshman, ride it out because you've got a lot of good football in front of you. If that ship has already sailed and you've put in two or three years at Auburn and a bunch of camps and spring practices and you're still third or fourth, I get it. And, and Sledge, uh, Sledge is a redshirt freshman, yeah. and Akoli is a true sophomore. So, I mean, they both have plenty of time. Right. But I just think it changes things when a different staff brought you in. That's all. And when you go bring guys to come in on top of you from other schools like Rogers and Johnsters and, and, and Kite, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that that is a, is a message. Just like I also think – I wouldn't read too much into it, but again, we're talking about 19, 20 year old guys. When you talk about Emba right. being there and being a part, you know, a starter a lot during the spring, I thought it was telling that Roger started alongside Jason Jones. What message is that sending Emba that Rogers was brought in allegedly to rotate with Jones and play yeah. Jones position. And now they're trying something different and stacking them side by side. That's a little bit. That's that. There's a subtle message in that to me. Yeah, and 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 there's a truth in that where like there's a chance that the intention is well, Jason Jones and Justin Rogers. When you have them both on the field, like in theory, that's a lot of that's a lot of that's a lot of size you gotta mm -hmm. you gotta move if you're opposing offensive line. But there's also a chance that those two guys had two of the top three or four best springs in the entire roster put Kay and Lee up there and like that may be your top three based on just folks that I've talked to. So um, we'll see, but you know, whenever you make kind of statements like that, as far as putting guys there, you know, there's a ripple effect. And so is Jeffrey and going to be part of that? Um, that's just a, 
I don't know. Just something to look out for. Just something to look out for. The pass catchers mm. is another interesting one, Daryl. And we'll discuss yeah. that situation in just a moment because there's a lot of them right here on Locked on Auburn. FanDuel is the place to wager on all of your sports betting needs. And obviously, uh, the Major League Baseball action is heating up. Little walk off action seems to happen once a week for the Atlanta Braves if you're into that sort of thing. But I was just looking at Auburn lines, Daryl, and they've already got the NCAA men's basketball championship odds for 2024 up. And Auburn, Auburn's in the top, um, they're in the top percentage there, plus 3,400 to win it all. It's above, uh, it's tied with Texas, it's above Tennessee and Texas Tech and several other, um, Several other basketball schools. They've got UConn and uh, Duke at plus 1100. So that fires you up. Head over to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. And you can place your first bet and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. That is fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with fanduel. Daryl, there's a ton of pass catchers, and we're going to lump in receivers and tight ends in this conversation. And we've talked about how much Hugh Freeze likes this tight end room. He's been very consistent with his messaging at press conferences about that. But I think there's a lot of a lot that needs to happen with the wide receiver room. And there's so many people that want to say, oh my gosh, 8-8, it was raining. Like, okay, well, still, like they, <laughs> the, the reports were very bad about the receivers before that as well. Mm -hmm. So... Um, and also, like, you're going to have to be able to catch the football in the rain. Like, I'm sorry. You just are. This is part of it. But just the the inability to create consistent separation uh, continues to be a concern for this coaching staff. So, you know, I, I think this is a little bit different than defensive line. I think there's a lot of bodies, but I don't think there's anybody that's clear cut. Like, yeah, you're way better than everybody else. Maybe other than Camden Brown, Javaris Johnson. What do you what what are your thoughts as far as you know potential guys that Auburn may lose uh this weekend? Looking at the wide receiver room, the names are familiar. The names are names that we heard about and heard encouraging things about. They're not just, you know, under the radar. And that there's like seven or eight dudes in that wide receiver room that last year I thought was gonna be were gonna be really good receivers that Auburn was gonna have. To, to, to count on that we're going to be game changers. And that's what's so strange. That tells you right there there's just too many. There's too many bodies. If, if you want to get – and then you bring in Mardner, if you and then you got two guys coming in in this freshman uh, class uh, that mm -hmm. are coming – they'll be here in the summer. Story, and then I'm trying to remember the other receiver's name. But So you've got – You've got too many bodies as it is with people that have familiarity. You hear the yeah. Chip Dawson's, the Jay Fairs. These are guys that I thought were going to be really making, you know, I like the way Amari Kelly played last year. These are guys I thought were going to make significant contributions. When they don't, then you have a glutton. You have too many of those guys. And so it's twofold. I think you've got too many, room, too many names in the room that are familiar that some will move on because it's just too many. Yeah. And I also think that Auburn's not real pleased with the pass catching ability and big game ability with the guys they have on their current in their current room, but maybe a couple. So if the opportunity presented itself in the portal, it wouldn't surprise me. But they, I think they would only go get guys not for depth. They would go get a guy or two that they felt like could make an immediate impact as wide receiver two or three or perhaps even one. 
So I think those two factors, too many familiar names that have been here for a while in the room as it is, mm -hmm. they're having taken that next level. And then because of that, Auburn may be, you know, kind of preparing or poised to go get one or two more. And when that happens, then you're really going to see dudes move on. So, and then the tight end situation with, you know, Fairweather and, and Riley Ducker, and then you've got like Fromm, Deal, Frazier. I just, it just seems like there's been a, a lot, lot of, of tight ends too. Um, so if anybody, I don't think Auburn will go get a transfer tight end. I don't see that happening. I think they're set. I think they already did right? with, with Fairweather. I could, yeah. could see some dudes moving on. I really could. Yeah. So just looking at the, uh, the roster here, Coy Moore, unless he's graduates, he can't, he's already used his free transfer. Tarvarish Dawson. Um, we've heard mixed reports on him. Camden Brown. I mean, you got to think he's happy with what's going on. Jay fair is an interesting one. Javaris Johnson, you got to think he's happy. Nick Martiner, obviously he's going to stay. Landon King didn't get as many targets throughout spring as I really kind of thought. Uh, I thought he would line up more with the ones. It doesn't sound like he really did. How does he respond to that? Because remember, he was in the portal yep. when Hugh Freeze was hired, and then you know he was recruited to come back. Malcolm Johnson Jr., you know, mm. how does he feel after that injury? You know, he, I think it was a collarbone, Daryl. And then Amari Kelly, you know, I don't know how he would be unhappy with his situation, but that's the last scholarship receiver, I believe. The rest, I believe, were walk-ons. So, and that's a lot of dudes that we've heard names for for a year or two. Seems like we've it. Yeah. All these guys that are ready to break out. You know, Dawson Johnson takes the top off. I mean, and all these guys that we just assume we're going to take that next step that haven't. Brandon mm -hmm. King, right? And so, at some point. <laughs> If you're thinking about bringing bodies in, bodies have to go out. And I think that's a position group that has a, just a surplus of guys that feel like they can be the dude but haven't proved it yet, so they'll probably look to prove it somewhere else. Yeah, I'm just curious to see who that could possibly be because, once again, and we've been saying this now, to your point, for the last 18 months, where like, you can make an argument for any of those guys to pop out. Mm -hmm. Like, any of them. Any of them. So. We'll see. Uh, we'll see who all stays because I like that group. I just think they're raw, and I think they need time. And I don't think they've been coached well um, until until earlier this year. So we'll see what that looks like. And then you, you mentioned the tight end room, and we both made the comment about the same time we were kind of mapping out the show, and like, I'm 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 kind of shocked that Brandon Frazier's still here. I think I said that a year ago, Daryl. Yeah. And just looking at, you know, the tight end room with Rivaldo Fairweather, I don't think Camden Etheridge is on scholarship. Mike O'Reilly Ducker, Tyler Fromm, Luke Deal, and Brandon Frazier. I just, I mean, I think it's a decent number. But, like, if you're, if you're Brandon Frazier, like, you're a senior at this point, like, do you ever want to play or... He may just like Auburn. He may just like being a college athlete at Auburn, and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. There's no, nothing that's wrong with that at all. We need to embrace that a little bit more and celebrate that. I'm kind of in yeah. that mindset of, oh, if they're not producing, move them out. Well, loyalty goes both ways. We okay. kind of talk about a kid that wants instant gratification and wants to jump at its first chance when he doesn't start. But we need to celebrate a kid like Brandon Frazier that hasn't gotten that instant gratification and hasn't started – and still right. sticks it out because he loves Auburn. And then the tight end position is a little unique, Zach, because you can utilize three or four because of different skill sets. you got a blocking tight end that you can put in 
to be a road grader of the running game, then you right. got your pass catching tight end. It's rare that you've got somebody that's a hybrid of both. I think Auburn's in a situation where Ducker and Fairweather could be their guys that could go catch it, and then a Brandon Frazier, a deal from something like that could be a blocking tight end. So that's the uniqueness about the tight end room. You can utilize three or four depending on running or passing, and that's kind of different than a receiver or running back or something else. I'm going to ask you a question about usage in spring communicating from the coaching staff to players to say, hey, don't leave. Mm. And, I, and I want you to tell me if I'm too tinfoil hat on this. In just a moment, sure. right here on Locked on Auburn. I want to encourage you to join the Locked on Auburn Discord. It is free. All you have to do is click the link in the episode description down below. Closing down on 1,800 Auburn fans in there. We always have a pretty good time. Daryl, do you think there's any depth chart construction with the intention of I need this guy to stay. And there's a few groups that I have in mind specifically. One is corner. I thought it was an interesting move when they put Kane Lee with the twos exclusively during 8A. When through most of spring, everyone I've talked to confirms that with the ones in practice, whenever they go team, it's DJ James and then Nehemiah Pritchett and Kane Lee split. And it's pretty even. And they did not split on A-Day. Do you think in situations like this, where like, you may not need Nehemiah Pritchett to start, but you need Nehemiah Pritchett on your roster. Um, there's a lot of value in what he brings because you need three good corners. Do you think... Do you think there's any strategy that goes into that? Absolutely. I think it's a great point. Um, it's something I hadn't thought about until you brought up the Damari Alston uh, shout-out by Hugh Freeze oh, yeah. in the pr press conference was done, I think, with intent to salvage. That's where, I was, yep, that's where I was going next. Yep. It's all positioning. It's it's brilliant. It's it's what a coach that can think past his you know nose and doesn't sit in his office all the time that is, that is positioning the next move and is forecasting and looking ahead, does. He doesn't just stay in the moment or or have or have pride and say, my way or get out. He's he's thinking. He's strategizing. So yeah. I think he did that with the Austin statement, which was, you know, great catch by you. I it went right over my head at the press conference. And then Pritchett is in an experienced corner. They don't they don't grow on trees where you can get a guy that's played that position two or three years. That if, if let's say Lee looks great in practice in an A day, but when he's playing SEC receivers, when the lights come on for real, he struggles a little bit. Yeah, there may where be do an you go? Sure, right. you go to your your veteran corner and let him take a deep breath and say, "Hey, sit over yep. here, and watch it. It'll 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 come back to you." You don't have that luxury if the dude goes somewhere. Mm. So I get it. I get that you don't want to hold guys off from opportunities by you know. I've heard uh, – this is the flip side of this. I've read and seen things that aren't just message board fodder where other coaches in the SEC will promise dudes they're going to start just to keep them in the fold. And then when the season starts, they don't, but they're already there. That's not the way you do that. You can do it in a way that's a little bit more subtle and under the radar. Yeah. And, you know, again, that's a great catch. Pritchett needs to stay on this roster – 
if Lee gets hurt or if Lee struggles, you can go to a, a veteran corner and plug and play. And you got to have that. You can start going to a guy. I mean, I get it. I mean, people, um, I'm trying to think JD Rim as an example, where somebody's real high on him. He played some last year, but not at the level of games Pritchett has. Mm-hmm. So you want to, and, and Rim's another guy that you don't want to see leave because he's young and has a lot of talent. And if he's number three on the depth chart or Keontae Scott, you got to get these guys to stay because the great thing about defensive backs, you can play four or five, you know, corners, you can play three, four at the same time if you go to a nickel or a dime. Heck, put six um, of them on the field. Exactly. So you've you, got to you can them. tackle. I do yeah. not want to see a Scott or a Pritchett or a Rim leave because they are one injury away or a struggle. Cornerbacks can struggle. They, they It can get in their head. They can struggle. They can get. No, and you need a bunch of them. You need a yeah. bunch of them. So one, I think one aggressive a, cut on an out route and, you know, you pop a knee. I mean, that's just, it stinks, but, you know, yeah. it, it happens. It, it, it happens. So give me I don't as many think good corners foil. as possible. I don't think it's a tinfoil conspiracy thing from you at all. I think it's legit and I think it's smart. Yeah. I think Damari Austin is one, just the running back room as a whole. Um, it sounds like this coaching staff absolutely loves the running back room from top to bottom and they want to keep that um, the way it is. I think they want to keep that the way it is. And I think they've done the same with um, – I, I wouldn't be shocked if the strategy was the same for Cam Stutz. He's played more with the ones than I expected him to. Tate Johnson's been called out a little bit, which was surprising to me, in a good way. Mentioned totally. a shout-out. Mm-hmm. I'm going, I didn't even have him starting. Well, it's because I was thinking center, not guard. Same thing with Connor Liu. Yeah. You don't want you don't if he doesn't start at center, you, you tell him, hey, you can slide over to guard and battle Stutz or battle Johnson, whoever, mm-hmm. and, and Miller, and you might be a plug and play. Yeah, Jeremiah Wright. Yeah, totally. It's chess. It's total chess. And then I guess I guess it can go the other way too, if we agree that this is happening. Um and, and I hate that I keep bringing him up, but I, I'm just I'm just kind of fascinated by the Jack linebacker spot, but like if you wanted like Dylan Brooks mm. to be a big part of this defense, like it wouldn't have been that hard to include him with ones. It wouldn't because of the whole like you're already here type thing. And they chose not to like consistently. They just did it. And so yeah. I'm curious to see how he responds to all that because that's a different situation because the Jack position is arguably the thinnest on the team. I'm not going to say it definitively, but it probably is. And, you know, you may you may be losing some guys. Not only that, you may be going to get some guys. I, I think, even I, I think with you the, have to. I think you have to. I think even with the room right now with Falk and McAllister and those guys, get two. Get and two. if you can get an elite one, if you can get a guy that was a group of five t- holy terror and wrecked mm-hmm. havoc on everybody in the Sunbelt Conference and when they played up also did or some – Cupcake school out in the Pac-12. Some dude stood out and just was absolutely wrecked havoc. You yeah. go get them. You go get them, and you tell Falk and you tell Brooks, "Hey, look, you know now McAllister would be a harder sell because he left the school to come to Auburn, but you know put McAllister on one side and this other dude on the other. I mean, you you have to in the SEC. You can get that pressure off the edge, especially in my opinion." We were very, very poor in the A-Day game setting the edge with our safeties and linebackers. It's why there were so many yards 
gotten on the outside. Yep, containment was bad with, with the starting group too. Yeah, that so was a concern. Our safeties and linebackers have to step up, setting the you know holding contain and setting the edge because they were yeah. getting around and for for days. Yep, that's right. That's right. Uh, Daryl, thank you so much for your time. As always, oh, you're welcome, my friend. How can people uh, how can people check out everything you've got going on? Follow me on Twitter, DAP6410. Love interacting uh, Monday mornings at 710 with our good friend Ben Taylor. Good uh, Auburn Open like this morning. And then mm. kind of fluctuating now that you're back in the mix, I think some Thursdays now we'll be on uh, the mobile station, WNSP at 530. Wait. Yeah. Um, so that'll, that'll be coming down the pike as well. You can find all of my written work at auburndaily.com. And we will see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn.